Welcome everybody to the Of Saints and Sinners podcast. I am your host, Deacon Dev, and I am joined here by none other than Mr. Lord and Tailored himself, EJ. Yo, 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 yo. I'm sure I'm that's good. I'm sure that's, those hand claps are going <laughs> to Came here That's drunk. my confession. Yeah. You, you came here drunk off the sacrament. Yes. Were you praising yes. him? Yes, the blood, the, of streets, the blood of the our Lord. The blood of our Lord. Yeah. Our Lord and Savior. Uh, where'd you go <laughs> to get lit this, this on this uh muggy afternoon slash evening? Yo, I went to uh, I was off today. I went to a friend's house, so I made my so it's actually interesting. I made my first cocktail. In like, you know, those glass, those things that those contraptions that the bartenders use. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like the cocktail the shakers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Today's my first time doing one at my friend's oh, nice. house. Oh, it was so dope. Like I put, I made like a sangria. So I put makers, two shots of makers, mm-hmm. uh, some Pinot Grigio, which is my go-to white mm-hmm. and um, some blueberry lemonade. And I muddled some cherries. Okay. Okay. And some, and some ice, shook it up, had about three of those. Okay. Yeah. Did you put, wait, did you put the, um, there's a liqueur you're supposed to put in there. It's like a sweet one. It's not grenadine. It's, um, it's some, I forget what it is, but I always oh, forget to, to add it in for a Yeah, no, I didn't. And I, I kind of made a TikTok, like a, my first TikTok. Nice. And, um, I, no, I didn't post it though. It looks stupid. <laughs> so, but you know, I tried, so I'm you know, that's a whole other world that I have to discuss another day. The but funny, yeah, so I, yeah. Yeah. go ahead, sorry, no, no, I, that's it. I, you know, I tried, and that's it. I was gonna say about TikTok, you know, I, I had a TikTok and then I went on my phone today for like the first time ever to go on to TikTok, and it was just like, you're you have no account, and I was just like, I'm pretty sure I oh. did like a year ago, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You know what's interesting? I um just like spruced up my LinkedIn because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm sure nobody from my job is listening. I, it's time. <laughs> you said you said the <laughs> don't even have LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like yeah. So I'm I'm ready and um, I'm just um, I've been sprucing it up. So you know, I didn't realize how LinkedIn really advanced over the years. Now, granted, it's been at least five years since I've been yeah. on there. And I mean, that thing is looking like Facebook almost. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the way they got that thing set up, it's like a whole social media platform. Yeah, it's very and different it, from like early days of LinkedIn when it was just yeah. like, put your resume up here and yeah, connect yeah. with people. Mm-hmm. Yo, it's like timelines and pictures and videos and chats and this and that. I'm like, yo, I don't even have time for like TikTok. Yeah. It's like I need to be on here. Yeah, they're like so, one of the biggest social media platforms in the world i think yeah so i mean mm-hmm. i've been working on that the last uh three days or so so i mean it, it, it's just interesting you know, like like it's, it's amazing how m- many apps that we have like when i think about the many streaming apps that i have and i'm like yo i don't even watch this shit like paramount plus <laughs> i live i have peacock i'm like yo i'm not even on here yeah yeah and it, i mean i had sad. a show on peacock and then they canceled it and so <laughs> oh um, um the one we were watching the, yeah um, brave new world yeah not okay well let's not talk about that but yes they canceled <laughs> it and no i was just like why am i for the office or i i really got peacock for king of queens and okay. i'm not even watching i'm not even watching it 
Yeah. And the thing about so, Peacock is like you don't even have to pay for it. It's just on your or do you have to pay for it to get the King of Queens? I pay like something it's, it's cheap though, like five dollars. Oh, I th- are you paying for like the tiers like low, like minimal ads? It's the, yeah, it's like minimal ads, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I um I today somehow I was trying to download an app. I forget what it was, but um, I have the iPhone 10, right? You know, that thing has like 259 gigabytes of, of storage. Right. right, right. And I tried to download an app today and yo, it was just like, you don't have the bandwidth for this. And I was like, wow. I, I was like, I know I haven't taken that many pictures that yeah, I used yeah. up 250 gigabytes of data. But then, so I went into my iPhone storage to see like what was really like taking up all this space. A lot of it were, a lot of it was just like, I guess, saved podcast episodes from like the uh, podcasts that I, that, yeah. I, that I downloaded. Yeah. Like some of them yeah. went as far back as like 2017 and I would download them in order to um, like listen to them on the train. So this way right. I wouldn't have to wait for, you know, a service, internet connection. Yeah. Right. So I, I deleted that and that was like a good chunk of it. But another piece of it was just like, I had all these streaming apps on my, like sitting on my phone. And, and this was like, part of it was like, part of it was my job back when I first started working was like, oh, we want to look at and see how all these different, what they called like TV everywhere applications, how they operated on different uh, devices. So like look at it on an iPhone versus looking at it on an Android uh, Samsung like phone or something like that. Like were there any noticeable differences? Were there you know, were people who were on Samsung not getting ads? Were people on iPhones getting certain ads? Things like that. So, right, right, right. You know, so I just hadn't really deleted any of them off my phone. So I'm, I have things, I had things on there like the TNT app. And I was just like, I don't, I've never, TNT. I like, I've never even looked at this app outside of that assignment. So I'm like, I'm taking that off. I'm taking all these other apps off. And like, bro, I now have almost 160 gigs of space on my phone now. So, but yeah, um, yeah, to, to your point, streaming apps, you know, there are so many of them and you kind of forget, I don't want to say forget, about them but some of them just get lost in the sauce yeah like my things are disney plus uh uh i do i i do try to go on hbo max because there are shows on there that are older that i like to watch like i'm trying to get through the sopranos because i never watched that show yeah yeah um so i'll go on there i'll go on hbo max obviously hulu netflix um I'll go on. I'm. I don't know if you know about this one. It's called the Zone, and oh, no, no. It's 
It's a it's a sports streaming app, almost similar to ESPN, but they specialize mostly in like boxing, combat sports, oh, um, I see. soccer, like MMA, and baseball. So. Yeah, like, and then they also do um, soccer and uh, and I believe Major League Baseball, and they may do a few more now, but but yeah, so like, you know, even that one, I'm just like. I'm only on this when there's really like a major fight that I want to watch that happens yeah. to be on here. Um, otherwise, I haven't watched Peacock since since they told me that Brave New World wasn't coming back on. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, dude, like it's, it's just time to do another sweep because it's like I'm wasting even though those are obviously it's, they're starting mm-hmm. out cheap, but obviously they will rise. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, Peacock, I think I'm doing like $6 with ads. It's time to cancel that. And Paramount, it's like, I'm not even going on those in Discovery Plus. Like, yo, like, but they're so attractive when they, you know, they make the advertisements for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's so, it's so attractive. And then those like, kind of force it down your throat. Like, yo, you need to get this because it has this. And it's like, oh yeah, I watched that show. It's, it's going to be on demand on the app. Right, I'm just, right. I'm just wait, and like I only really do Netflix, Hulu, and HBO Max. Yeah, and I think I'm, some, not even, I, I'm not even on Disney like that. Yeah, I think sometimes it's also hard, like for me to want to commit money to an app when I know there's only like one show that I actually watch on true. there, right? And true, true, true. And this is why, like, especially in that industry being a part of like those content acquisitions teams is so important because you uh-huh. really need to get shows that are going to get buzz to yeah, keep yeah. people, to make it worthwhile for people to really come to your streaming platform and, Absolutely. and want to watch shows. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, as someone who's worked in this industry, I've heard it I've heard a number of things as to why people uh, started moving away from like regular TV. I mean, I think a big part of it was just like, you know, you want to be able to watch these shows whenever you can. And wherever. And wherever, right? Yeah. And then I think maybe a close second was just like the number of ads you had to sit through were yeah, kind of yeah. like bordering on the ridiculous right yeah yeah and then i would say also a third thing and this is just me speculating i think hbo truly changed the game of tv like if you weren't coming with gritty and, and gritty not meaning like violent but just like just like shows that were really pushing the edge I see. Yeah. You know, like, like even dialogue, not even just like sexually, like, I mean, yeah. obviously that was a part of it too, but like just real conversations with mm-hmm. real people. Yeah. Not were... like, yeah, not cookie cutter, like sitcom, you know, prime time. Like these are the real situations of daily people. Right. You know, like people in their daily lives, I should really say. Exactly. Cause you could, cause, yeah. I mean, you can even look at shows like, for example, I, I think like for on HBO, I think about for comedy, I think Curb Your Enthusiasm. I also uh-huh, think uh-huh. about like, I mean, Sex and the City was a was a comedy. 
Oh um, yeah. And you know, at the same time, like they were very different brands of comedy, but they were also really kind of like they were also very introspective in the sense that they were challenging the way that people think about certain topics, right? And it's like on from a from a Sex in the City side, they're talking about obviously the main thing being sex and relationships, right? Yeah. Between men yeah. and for the most part between men and women, and then from a Curb Your Enthusiasm side of it, they're they're looking at like here's a typical situation and here's how people normally will act in those situations because we've just gotten into these societal societal norms. But here comes Larry David. And he's just like, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm, you know, for whatever reason, even if, even if it's like one of those reasons where you're just like, dude, just go ahead and do what the normal thing is. It's just like, why should I go ahead and do that? If it doesn't make me comfortable. Yeah. It may make you uncomfortable that I'm not doing things that you expect, but I'm not comfortable doing things the way that you are. Right. And I think there's a lot of people in the world that can relate to those things. Just like I do this more because it's expected of me to do it, not because I actually feel like I should do these things, you know? Um, You know, I'll give a good church example. It's things like, like one time I, I was sitting in our, in, in the church and it was myself there was another person that we grew up in the church with and then there was um one of the ministers of the church he's an elder right we're all sitting at a table we're just having a a really good conversation right now it just so happened that the person next to me the guy that that we grew up with he happened to be wearing a hat in the church right and like for those of you who don't know, like wearing a hat inside of a church is very much frowned upon for men. I've never been, ex- I, it's never been explained to me why that's the case. I don't know why. It's just something that we do. You come into the, you come into, into the house of the Lord, you take off your hat unless you're a woman, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I'm pretty sure in like, uh, I don't know, do they do that in like, in synagogues like aren't you supposed to wear a yarmulke over your head when you enter i think the yarmulke is not considered a hat so i think yes yeah what what i mean is like there's something covering your head right and it's not it's not frowned upon i i think it's the same thing in islam if you go into um into a mosque i'm pretty sure you can have something covering your head and it's okay Um, yeah well i think a lot of christian groups follow society um so you know in society back in the day not now but back in the day like you know you walked in like women wore hats they wore daily hats mm-hmm. so that's why like yep. the hats women became a thing and then with women i'm sorry with men men wore hats too but only outside and then right. anywhere they anywhere they went it was off so that's how that, i guess i would say that's how that started but it's, but no one but even in that, I, the thing that I'm, that I'm not hearing is why is it that it's okay, you know, for women to wear hats inside, but with the men, it's not. And, and that's neither here or there for this story. There was another gentleman who came 
to our table and snatched the hat off this kid's off this guy's head. Mind you, I, I'm saying this kid because he and I grew up together, but this this man is 29, 30 years old. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sitting there with his hat on. He's sitting across from an elder of the church, right? Like if the elder had a problem with it, I'm sure he would have addressed it, right? But here you come just kind of like regular degular church member. You don't really have any authority in this place. And you're snatching people's like clothing off of them. I mean, I shouldn't say it like that, but you're snatching this hat off of him. And then you, he started yelling at him. And I was, everyone was just like, we're all looking at him like, yo, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like you're completely interrupting this conversation that we were having all because you want him to take off the hat? Okay, so I will say, I'm going to take this, I, I'm going to actually take this a little further. I think when it comes to, because I'm trying to learn people's mindsets and traumas and this and mm-hmm. that as I get older, you know, I really think my miscalling was being a therapist. Mm-hmm. So I will, I will go as far as to say, I think for that individual, obviously there's a, um, an issue with his life, mm-hmm. his, his way of living that does not mesh with the doctrine and theology of the church. And yeah. I think that person throws off on other people for little things just to take the attention off of the stigma of his lifestyle. Right. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to quote unquote do right by making these people take their hats off, making, you know, saying, Oh, put women, put on a skirt. Don't come to this and with pants on. Like I'm going to focus on these little, 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 little things to make myself seem like I'm keeping the bylaws right. When in fact, you're actually just dealing with trauma because mm. everyone, pretty much everybody in there does not agree with you. And that, you know, that, that person from the older generation. So they have a different level of trauma. Right, 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 and, right. And that's what, that's just how I feel about it. So yeah, that's why I think that person went hard for all that, all that time. Yeah. And, and that, that, that situation is in general is just another conversation but anyways what i was getting at <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry sorry i'll take it no no no. i i i don't want to complete the two stories but um essentially what i was getting as like you know there are norms in society that we have that we don't necessarily you know this guy what i'm saying is like this guy was sitting there in the church he was comfortable with with how he was presenting himself, he had a hat on. Everyone else around him at the time was was comfortable, but for some reason, you know, th- it agitated somebody else that he was doing this right, and it became like a whole thing. And like that, while that was a more serious and not funny case, like obviously, curb your enthusiasm is able to put it into a comedic context. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyways. HBO changed the game of TV and I think, and so did Netflix in terms of just like technology in the, in terms of the technology aspect of it. Um, And I think a lot, a lot of companies are playing catch up in terms of like what they, what they're willing to air on TV and what they're not willing to air. Um, 
because I think that's why AMC had such big success with The Walking Dead and Better Call Saul and same thing with um, Mad Men, right? Like those weren't like typical TV shows. Those shows could have easily been on HBO uh-huh, uh-huh. and done just as well. Yeah, I think, H- like you said, I think HBO changed the game in the sense they started tapping into more darker storylines. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Mad Men's pretty dark. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not bright at all. I mean, they portray a bright lifestyle of being an exec on Madison Avenue, the drinking, the cars, the this, the that. But a lot of those characters were effed up. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think you know, like you said, I think HBO was kind of the forerunner in taking on those storylines. Obviously, HBO has a lot more creative license in terms of like what they can put on their shows. But you right. can you, you you can see the trickle down of like okay we made like I think Mad Men came on AMC yeah I it think. did it did yeah so it's like you know like we can't do that we can't show this we can't I think they curse a little bit but not like the full extent but it's like we can definitely tap into darker storyline because it it really just is more relatable mm-hmm. yeah that's how, yeah so yeah um well thank you for sharing your your uh confession that you oh no 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 I, I got you lit. i got oh, more. oh, oh I got okay you. that was like a a spontaneous one <laughs> uh, but we can, we can definitely open up that, that that segment right now well everybody as you know this is the part of the service where ej and i will go over our testimony or confession for the week mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. have you have two you can go ahead Okay, so real quick, the first one, I am Liddy. I came from a friend's house. I took the four to 149th. You know the area. So I walked Mm -hmm. from 149th to my house and I was walking down the bridge Mm -hmm. on, you know, that bridge. Um, I saw my father and I kind of like just let him walk by. (laughs) Oh my God. No, I just. Oh my God. Okay. I don't know. Like, I just. That, that's a real confession, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like I just I'm not judging. I don't I don't want to say that I'm judging you. I don't I, I know it sounded like that. I'm just saying like no that's a I feel like yeah. that's a big that's a big deal. Yeah, like I just there's a I just okay, I'm Libby. I just cannot formulate the thoughts at the moment, but I just know that for me to do s- such a thing, and this is not the first time. Mm-hmm. Um I've definitely done it before. I just, I don't have the energy. Wow. And, yeah. you know, it's not like I don't deal. I mean, I, I just don't know. It's a, it's just given like a very, I'll see you if I have to see you kind of vibe. Mm. And that's a, that's a very big confession. I know it's very vague. Um, obviously, I would never tell the full story on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. But that, th- it just made me think like when it happened, I was like, I'm going to tell this tonight. Yeah, because I because I I was coming down the bridge. He was walking. I mean, I can't explain the crosswalk because nobody knows what it is. Mm-hmm. But you know, I saw him walk. I was like, okay, please don't be coming up this bridge. If you come up this bridge, we'll obviously talk. But if you don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you pass, and wow. I'm gonna go. And so that's just what wait, that was. you guys were walking in opposite directions or in the same direction? No, it was like if I was coming, if I was coming down vertically. Mm-hmm. He was crossing horizontally. 
But okay, I was far, okay. I was I was far back enough that he wouldn't see me unless he was coming my unless he'd make a took a right and came my way. Right, right, right. But he did not, and he kept going horizontally. And um, I was like, "Yo, I'm, I'm going home." I just that's just where I'm at with that. That's one confession. The second confession, I think, and this is going to be very hard to say, and very obviously very hard to do. I think I'm going to have to shut down my social life for a while. <laughs> you shut down your social life. Yeah. That's that's but, pretty deep. That's deep because. You know, I was I had this plan to like, and the credit card was down. It's still like low. Don't get me wrong. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's not a zero, but it's low. And it's just like, you know, I had then I was like, okay, EJ, have this plan to, um, just go out on Friday nights and Sunday brunches. So like in like my my weekly night meal, dinner meal will be on Friday nights, and then obviously I would go out at the church because that's my thing. Mm-hmm. But bro, like. Everybody's like, EJ, what are you doing this day? EJ, you want to go out this day? EJ, you want to hang out? EJ, you want to, let's do this. EJ, let's do that. And it's just like, I don't say no. Mm. Or I'll say like, guys, like, you know, I got to, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this. Like, can we, can we, can we try to do this? And I'm just like, I got to shut it down. There's no other way. It's, it's a, sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow that you need to be able to just like shut it down with friends. Um, Mostly because it's like one, you don't want to miss out. And also you don't want them to feel like you don't want to hang out with them anymore. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, absolutely. You're right. mm -hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, I, I agree. It's like, you don't want to say no. And just, you know, I, the, the, I guess this anxiety part is like, oh, you don't want to hang or whatever. It's like, no, it's not that. Like, yo, I got goals and I'm not reaching them. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I shared this meme earlier. It was like, yo, every time I step out this house, it's like $100. <laughs> and, it's, you know, and it's true. I mean, not, not necessarily always 100 but it's like every time you step out the house and go somewhere, you're spending bread like yeah i mean my my girlfriend and i we went out to dinner last week and you know we expected to spend we were hoping i mean i was kind of hoping to not spend as much as as we did because Mm -hmm. because i knew like the area that we were going to be in it's fairly inexpensive and it was Mm -hmm. and we were still getting up into like the $60 range for a meal between the two of us and like one drink. So mm-hmm. like if you're like going one drink to y'all? No, no, no. One well, she had oh, a drink okay. and I had a drink. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And so like, and you know, and this isn't like the the an expensive area that we were in. The restaurant itself was not expensive. But the fact that oh, we also had appetizers. But the uh, fact that but the I fact know. that we were getting to into the 60s just on a regular meal yeah like that to me is, is wild because I, I mean i feel like not too long ago say like six years ago you could have a meal just you and one other person do that same thing 
and you would only hit about $40, maybe 50, like depending on where you go, obviously, but. Right, 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 of course. I mean, but then you also include the tip and then you're you're up at like $80. And I'm just like, how did we get here? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, all the time. And it's like, I'm getting sick of swiping this fucking card. I'm getting sick of it. I, I I made a pact with myself. I don't know if I shared it on here, but I said no more drinking alone or like no more dining out alone. So I was like, okay, every time I go out, someone has to invite me out or like I would invite somebody out. And, you know, that, that you know, I've been doing, I've been doing well with that. Like I have not dined out by myself in like two weeks. So that's cool. But it's that's just good. like, I didn't realize how vast my social life was. And I'm not saying I'm like popular or anything, but it's just like, yo, like I got a lot of people who like to dine out the same way. Everybody likes to dine out. I don't mean to brag, but I have way too many friends to stop dining out. (laughs) Yeah, like, no, I mean, I didn't want to say that, but it's like, that's that's it. We're very friendly people. We get along with a lot of people. You know, we know how to converse. We We have friends from all walks of life. And it's very rare that someone doesn't want to go to a restaurant unless you're like a, a total homebody. You know? I know, I uh, actually know a surprising good amount of people who are homebodies. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Everybody I know is like, yo, what's up? Not like throwing down, you know, a, th- a thousand, like $200, but you know, like everybody I know is like, let's go. And I'm always, you know, Devin, you know me. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's wild. It's like, I'm giving like a hundred every time. Wow. But that's, that, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. I'm like telling y'all a lot tonight. It's just, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a struggle. So, and Changing I, Changing habits I, is a struggle. Yeah. And I want to stop. Like, I really want to stop, but it's like, everybody's like, yo, hey, can we do this? Can we go get a drink? Can we do this? let's go here oh it's just it's constant from every angle it's hard so i i'm trying to think i just got to shut it down and people will just have to understand because you know what Devin, no one's paying my bills but me yep (laughs) ain't ain't, ain't none of these people who want to hang out and it doesn't mean you know we we cool but no one's like okay well since we went out let me pay your bill for you nobody's doing that right so what I have to like think about what's best for me and what's smart for me. So there's that. That's all I got. Yeah, I was just thinking, I was just thinking that too. Like I can't remember the last time that I actually paid for someone. Like just because I was feeling good about it. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like a lot of my friends are they are employed and so they pay for themselves. I had, I did have a friend who, you know, once I started working, you know, I'd want to go out, but I think at the time he wasn't working or he was, he was interning or he may have still been in college, I think for a little bit. So I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, don't worry about like, I'll pay your way. Just pay me back some other time like he would I think he did get a stipend or something like that whatever it was anyways I was never worried about it but 
one day he just came up to me he was just like yo i want to go out anymore partially because i don't i don't want people like to continuously have to pay for me because it wasn't just me it was like me and like other people who were also mutual friends we would just chip in to pay for him to to you know come with us and eventually he was just like nah i don't want y'all paying for me anymore like yeah i respect that and he just stopped coming out and so yeah. that was the end of that and so i respect that bro yeah i mean the other part of it too is just like and i think this is more specifically for you just gotta prioritize what you want to use your money for right yeah like, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with going out with friends and, and to your point I, I think you know you trying to implement you know a restriction on just like no I'm only going to do it if I'm really invited out but if you're constantly being invited out then that's yeah. not much of a restriction right no, um, no. then it becomes yeah, I, I, at best I'll save like a couple of meals that I used to dine alone it's like okay those meals are gone but it's the invitations are still high right <laughs> so yeah and then it's like okay if i do go out i don't need to keep up with these people in terms of like the number of drinks they have like yeah you, can, you could literally have one and sit there the entire time no one's yeah. gonna say shit to you yeah yeah and it's interesting because i'm usually the one carrying on like they're the ones that's like oh you know, they're like nursing one or two, and I'm sitting here like going in. It's just interesting. I think it's just, like I said, I think it's just bad habits that were formed in my early 20s. And it's like, I feel like I have to do certain, like now it's just like, okay, if I sit at a, if I sit at a restaurant and only have an entree and water, I'll feel like, oh, that's not a full experience. <laughs> but it's like, so, it's so messed up. It's like, no, I can pay these people the 25, you know, that even that's kind of like, you know, I can pay people like 18 to $20 for a meal and leave. Why do you think that's not a full experience to just get the I don't know. and get water? Because I'm so used to like an opening drink, appetizers. Okay. Then the second drink, then the entree. Then the closing drink. It's like a whole scenario I've made. I don't know if that's because I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding I'm finding happiness in these these experiences. Because I had like this whole formula at one time. It was like you know that the, the three drinks and then the appetizers and entree. And then if I wasn't too effed up already, I would get like a closing drink. Man, that's mm-hmm. so damn expensive. That it what does. I just said is, oh, that's over a hundred dollars. What I just said. Yeah. Especially, and I that, mean, once you hit the yeah. third drink, you're probably on drinks tipping. alone. Yeah, you, you, on drinks like alone. Tipping. Yeah, yeah. What drinking in New York probably averages like sixteen dollars if you're getting like a specialty cocktail or something like that. Yeah. So on three drinks alone, you're already at fifty dollars, and then a meal, an entree in New York. I mean, even in Harlem is 20 something dollars yeah yeah and these appetizers are up there too mm-hmm. they're pricing the appetizers. appetizers at the same prices as the entrees sometimes yes they are mm-hmm. i went to talk about last night i was like yo are you serious mm-hmm. like what is you know this entree was like 22 i mean i'm sorry the appetizer was like 22 like yo are you wild 
but anyway i don't understand it <laughs> so you know i gotta just figure that out i i'm not giving up i'm gonna keep going you know i'm still working on myself and i'm that's just another part of it figuring out these financial woes blah blah, blah. i'm, I'm determined point. i'm determined so well we will keep you in prayer brother Yes, please do, because my God. Um, so my testimony this week, actually, mine is going to be a confession. Mm-hmm. So I switched churches back in, I would say like late 2018, early 2019, Bro, I haven't been to church in over a year. <laughs> well, probably I shouldn't say over a year. It feels like I've not been to church in over a year because I haven't really been keeping up with the um with the online church. Yeah. I can't do it. It's just not the same, yo. Yeah, yeah. Like that online worship experience, I know some people love it. But I can't get with it, and I know I'm. I've fallen by the wayside, and like, I I am. I have backslidden numerous times. I'm just like, I'll catch it next week. <laughs> I'll catch. Mm-hmm. I'll catch the word next week, or it's on YouTube. I'll I'll, I'll watch it later <laughs> in the day. <laughs> I yeah, yeah. Once I mean, I think I'm. I mean. Even my girlfriend's commented, been like, dude, weren't you supposed to attend service today? And I was like, yeah. She was like, did you? I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's awful. But I'm hoping to get back into it. Um, yeah, I mean, how come you can't get into online chairs? I'm kind of interested. There's no camaraderie there. There's like, like, oh, there, like, a big part of my church experience is hearing people re- talking back to to the pastor, right? Like being in an actual like worship environment, and I just don't get that at home. Like, I get people are like, "Oh, like I can do church at home, and you can do it from the comfort of your bedroom." But I just don't see how people aren't getting as distracted as I am trying to watch services at home. It's already distracting enough that I bring my phone to church, to like a physical church, because I'm, I'm already on the phone doing that. Yeah. And that's a struggle for me to just like keep it on the side and not look at it until the end of service. So if you're at home, you got your laptop, you got... Some people got pets. Some people, you know, they're doing all these other things. You got dishes to wash and all this other stuff. Right. I just don't see how people are are just sitting at home and and like focused on on a message. Yeah, they're they're actually not. And um, I mean, I think part of the generation that we grew up in, you know, we grew up in the early '90s and late '90s, early 2000s. There was really nothing like getting up and going to church, you know. And, and you know, th- we knew people who were dedicated to being there, like every time the doors open. Mm-hmm. But you know, there were the people who at least went on, like you got up, got dressed, 
and went to church on Sunday. Yeah. But you know, like I agree. There's like this 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 whole um demographic now who stays home for church. Or first of all, don't even they don't go they don't or, go. or or tune into anything. So there's that. And then the ones that tune in, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm just like I'm doing work or something while it's on. Like, nah, like there's nothing like actually being in the building. And it's really not that much time out of your week. It's really especially, not. It's not, especially with churches now. It's not like when we were growing up, it was like three hours. It's like, no, nah, a lot of these churches, they have formulated that service to 90 minutes. Three hours, and you have to come back in the afternoon. Yeah, like, <laughs> like for, for, for special services and stuff. Like, right. Come on, like, the church we grew up at, that was like, the, that's the old-time way. You know, like, I remember, yo, they used to have, like, morning service, have, like, a, a afternoon mini service, and then night service. I mean, these people were, like, dedicated there was no such thing as free time on a Sunday. Yeah. Yo, dude, come on. Like, I remember, like, having morning service, afternoon service. If they were done by five or something, they would have YPWW, which was, like, an evening class. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just telling listeners. Like, an evening class. And then night service. Mm-hmm. These people didn't want to go home. <laughs> like, literally, like, this, like, I couldn't even imagine being in church all day anymore. And I used to love it as a kid. Now I'm just like, yo, I'll be damn, like, yeah, I can't. It has to be like a special, special day, like Easter or something very special for me to be in church all day. It just, I just can't do it. But, you know, I, <laughs> I can't do I it. Just, I can't do nah, it. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. But I think people should try to do it if they can. I think, you know, there, there is something to the in-person worship experience that you just can't get by watching from home and that's yeah. just me that's just me and my personal preference i also like to know like i would like to get to know who the other people are that attend this church right like yeah, yeah. you know the i think i think one of the things that people i think there's two things that happen in churches when it comes to i guess the social aspect of it right One's negative, one is positive. On the positive side, you get to build a community of people that you know can pray for you, that you can, you know, talk with about like your spiritual journey, et cetera, et cetera. And you can, and and also just like support in general, right? And then, the, but I think the negative side, which a lot of people tend to focus on when they talk about attending churches is just like, oh, there's hypocrites in the church and I'd rather not deal with the drama of the church. And that's bullshit. And I, and I get that. Like, so I think, I think a lot of people want to keep their churches sacred to them, right? Like when they find a preacher that they like, or they like, you know, a certain way a church service goes, like, you don't want a lot of things to take away from that. And I think that's a good reason. I think that's a big reason why a lot of people don't really actively pursue going to churches in person. Uh, I don't know. I, I will say, I think a lot of people have experienced church hurt for different reasons. Everybody's story is different. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, 
maybe I'm just looking from like these modern day churches, especially in Harlem, a lot of these people are not going to ever experience church hurt because the way these churches are modeled now, you can literally just pop in, get the experience you need and walk out. Right. I feel like those, the church hurt stuff is like the churches we, the church we grew up at. Like when you get involved, it's like a family church and then, you know, people getting offended over this and that, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like generally speaking, the modern day model of church, especially in New York City, is very in and out, get what you need. And I'm, I guess my advice would be if you don't, if you're trying to avoid church hurt, then don't get involved with stuff. Come yeah. get the worst of experience that you need for the 90 hour, 90 minutes or whatever, and then just go home. Right. That's how you avoid that's how you avoid church hurt. To me, church hurt comes from like the Pentecostal, you know, obscure world, like those deep Pentecostal organizations when the bishop is like sleeping with the adjutant, like all that kind of mess. <laughs> it's a lot of, no, there's a lot of mess in that world, like the the deep underscore of like the church, the Pentecostal church. Right. It's like this, this mainstream stuff, like, bro, just just go get what you need and, and go home. I don't know. That's That's how I feel about it. But I think even even on top of that, though, like, I don't know, I think people are just, they want to be able to feel like they can be fluid with the churches that they attend to, right? Like, I think about, oh, yeah. like, Pastor, what's his name? Carl Lentz. That was his name? Is? Oh, yeah. yeah. From yeah, yeah. Hillsong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, a lot of people attended that church because of him, right? And then he forms this relationship with, um, with Justin Bieber and you know, he's all over the place. He's like one of the more popular preachers there at Hillsong. And look at him, you know, and I think yeah. stuff like that, you know, while we typically think of church hurt as just like, you know, what someone in the church did to you in a, in a very direct way, this is also part of that, right? Like your, your leaders aren't who you thought they were. And now you've invested all this time and money into helping building up a church, bringing new members in, you know, you know, all that stuff. And, and this is kind of like what you get rewarded with is a yeah. sense of betrayal. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you feel like you're called to the ministry it's just a standard of living that you just must adhere to. Wait, so you know, no, I was just saying, like, when you feel like you're called to ministry or clergy or whatever, no matter if it's like the old way or this new hip Hillsong way, mm -hmm. there's a standard of living. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That you, you must adhere to. And it's like, these people really be out here doing what they want. Because then, like they, uh, you know, they attain this level of power, and it's like, oh, nobody can touch me. It's it's happened to so many of them. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's, it's like, and you just wind up in the end because you're thinking of your selfish desires. You wind up letting down so many people, like you said. Like, and these people are out here working for you, defending your name mm -hmm. out here. Yeah. And you've disgraced your church, and if you're part of an organization, your organization. It's just it's just interesting, yeah. man. And it's devastating. It can be really devastating yeah. for people. Um, I would also note the other thing about 
and, and this is just me speculating, like, you know, when you were a member of a church, right, you do, there is that investment that I just talked about, right, not just emotional labor, but also financially too, right, like you're supposed to, you're supposed to do offering, you're supposed to pay your tithes. I don't think people, I mean, I think people weren't doing much of that in general, Um, but I, I definitely can't imagine that people are doing it with churches that they don't belong to. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like maybe, I, I mean, I know people like they'll buy some preachers that they'll, they'll publish books and like, they'll buy the books and like all that stuff. Right, but right. I, you, I don't know that I'm pretty sure most of the time when they publish those books, it's not like those books are going to the church unless they're specific, unless the preacher is specifically saying buying this book goes into the church coffers or whatever it is. Most of the time that's just going straight into that preacher's pocket because that's how a lot of them have to make money. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, when you're not, when you don't join a church or when you're not a part of a church, I can imagine that, it also lifts the financial responsibility, I'll say, off of you from contributing um, to any particular to any one particular ministry. Yeah, um, it's, yeah, it's interesting to me. Like when people talk about, like uh, I'll just say the '60s, and the way people contribute to Black people contributed. I'm sorry, contributed to black churches back then is totally different than now. Because right. back then, that was your hub. That was your space. So mm-hmm. the black church was the hub of black society. So like you gave, it's like you gave to your institution. So you either gave to a church, a black church, or you gave to an HBCU. Right. You know, right. people nowadays, first of all, it's a struggle to live here now. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, People are spending, you know, the way I'll just say black millennials are living now, black professionals, it's a struggle to live here. So they're really, like you said, they're not thinking about, oh, child, oh, sorry. Oh, like, dude, let me, you know, donate to my church or like, I'm gonna give these tithes every check. Like, nah, they're not. They're either saving or they're paying off student loans. Right, right. How about that? Like, people are not talking, like, there are loans out here. There are tax bill. Like, you know, if you're not getting taxed for certain work, if you're like an artist or something, you're paying those back taxes. So n- they're not really thinking about tithing to a particular institution. And I guess they're thinking for what? Yeah. For it, what? It could be. It's. I think there's a lot of factors as to why people or why the church in general has changed. I mean, I would yeah. love to. I wish there was. I'm sure there's research out there. Um, which maybe we'll do that next week. We'll come back and talk about that and see if there's anything that that can be learned about offerings during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, that was my confession of the week. I have not attended a church service in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it will officially be a year really in about august or september so i think i got another quarter 
April? Where were you going last March and April and May? So I oh, was. Oh, you online? Yeah, I was online, and I was I was oh, attending. Wow. Yeah. I was watching um, the Gathering Harlem's uh, wow. online oh. services. Yeah, yeah. Why you say it like that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, you were watching online. I just can't believe you haven't been to church in a year. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I'm not so judging. Sad. I mean, no shade. Like, I, if I was, okay, God, why am I saying this right now? So That's why I don't need to change before I get on these things. Um, <laughs> you no, know, like, if I if I was, like, making money from church, it wouldn't, I'm just kind of like, really? <laughs> like, I'm doing this right now? You would no, off by the wayside? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, I would have gone here and there to certain places. I like to, you know, as you know, I like to learn about different um denominations and I want to know how people worship and this and that. So I would have gone to church, but that whole dedication, like I got to go to this church. I can't go anywhere unless I tell my pastor, like, remember, yo, we, we grew up under some stuff. Oh my gosh. Like, yo, I, mean, I can't, like, I can't go nowhere unless I tell him I'm going like real sick shit. Before, before our Bishop passed away in April mm-hmm. of last year, my mom was like, Devin, have you told Bishop that you're changing churches? I was just like, yeah. Like, Mom, I haven't been here in like almost six months. <laughs> I think he yeah. gets it now. Yeah, and he and he probably wasn't even. He probably would have noticed, like, oh, like where's Devin? But like, it ain't like, oh, why is he not here? It it it's right. just been like. It's just and, and you and you as a person can tell when not that you're not valued or anything it's just like you know when like it's just like you can slip out without making a scene not only that That's but how, like you know when it's time to go like yeah like i feel like and also it's like a lot of these new churches do not operate on the same principles as um, as some of these old churches do. I think it'd be different if I was like, if I was moving churches within the same like larger Kojic organization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, yes, I probably would have given him the heads up, be like, yeah, I'm no longer attending this church. I'm going to this place for XYZ reasons. But the church I was going yeah. to they were like, they were barely, I think, two years old when I found them. So it wasn't like wow. he wouldn't have known who they were. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it just, at, at that time, it just didn't make sense to really just say anything. It just kind of made, and, and I was so like, bro, I was showing up to service and I've never done this. I was consistently showing up to service like right before they put the preacher up. Mm-hmm. And like for me, the reason why that's a big deal is because as like I used to sing in the choir. Like that was my right, right. that was like my favorite thing to listen to the choir sing and like that was that was my part of the service. The fact that I was actively missing that that tells you a lot. That means I was not trying to spend a lot of time in 
in in in the place of worship that I had grown up in. Right. Right, right, absolutely. You know, so yeah, man. It, it, listen, we we are ever evolving um with our thought processes on these things. I mean, you know, I hope you kind of get back into the church thing, but if you don't, I respect it. I mean, you know, for whatever reason, do you feel like you really want to be back though? I think I think my thing is like here here's my my issue. I do like church. Mm-hmm. My issue is I think the church that I really wanted to attend is just way too far for me to be doing that. And they kind of have like a funky um they kind of have a, like a funky schedule that I'm also very much like I don't think I want to do that. Oh, I see. Um, Cause all their services are in the afternoon or in the evening. Oh. And was most it, of them, yes. Was it that? that yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Got you. And like, what you for me, my energy is high during the morning. So gotcha. I'm like, I'm like the type of person that I want to get up. I want to do the things that I need to do things I want to do. And then by the evening, especially on a Sunday, I want to be at home. I don't want to be yeah, dealing with good. trains. I don't want to be dealing yeah, with yeah. any of that. And then I just started yeah. thinking like, cause I had gone out to, to that church um, a few times, particularly in the winter. And I just remember leaving the service and being like, the fact that I have to walk to the train <laughs> uh-huh. and, and and then I had to take an hour train ride back home. I was like, this yeah. is awful. Like, yeah, yeah. And so like, I know when are, I was, those were big deterrents okay. for me. Yeah, yeah. I know when I was dealing with that church, it was on a different level, obviously, but mm-hmm. it was like, is this worth it? Yeah. I, and I really liked it there. It was kind of speaking to me on a different level. It was very modern, mm-hmm. not it spoke to me personally. I'm not into, well, I won't say that right now, but I, it just spoke to me like to where I was at at the time. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it was such a commitment and yeah, it was more than Sundays for me because I was sort of, I guess, on staff mm-hmm. and I had to be there on Thursdays and be there for three hours and then get home at like nine, like leave that area at nine 30. Right. And then get home at like 10 30. Cause you know, toward the end of the evening, the trains are like, they're not running regularly. Right, right, right. So like you, gotta, you gotta deal with all, and then you gotta get up and go to work next morning and then do it on Sunday. It was just like very, very, very taxing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, I get it. I get it totally. Sorry, one more thing before we get, before we switch topics. The one thing, and I think I've said this on this podcast before, the one thing that I, and part of the reason why I even wanted to go to this other church is because they kind of had that there's there are no choirs anymore it's like oh yeah the church we were just talking about yeah like it's nothing but praise and worship teams and like that's fine but like if you're gonna do that you need to have your praise and worship team needs to be oh yes i'm like (laughs) top notch like i I need to leave i need to leave the church 
having a song in my soul. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I don't get that with a lot of these new churches these days. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, these churches in New York are not that talented. Um, not only that, but also they're so rigid, right? Like there's no room for there's no room for like an actual spiritual moment. Oh, I see what you mean. When you have like three, when you have three services back to back to back. So like, yeah, 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 I see what you mean. The choir game and the choir doesn't even get a chance to do, to really get into it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, No, you're very right. Because I've dealt with a couple of churches in New York and there was a literal timer. That's crazy. How you putting a time limit yeah. on God? <laughs> yeah, like a literal, yo, I'm, t- but that's how it is. Like these days, yo, like the mm. church we were just talking about. And then there's another big church in Harlem, you know, which I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Definitely completely timed. No, and that's what I kind of miss. See, the thing is, it's just always a pro and con with everything. That's what I miss about the old days. There was room for things to kind of flow. Sometimes yeah. it will flow too much, and it's like, come on, y'all, really? Right, right. But like, it, it wasn't so. It, us. <laughs> it like, come on, like, chill out. But it was never like, y'all, we over the twenty five minutes. <laughs> like, right, right. Like that's how, that's how it would be sometimes with some of these churches. Like, okay, like look at the clock. I've seen people be like, yo, you're overtime. Which is it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Like, but you know, church. Church is a business, bro. It, and I think it people, is a business. It, yeah, I mean, and and people are just patterning their model. You know, they they're getting themselves, and people just have other priorities now. Like on the weekends, you know, like I don't know, like it's like okay, we do church for ninety minutes, two hours max. These people are not staying in church for more than two hours. Yeah, no, no. I, 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 yeah, unless you go like some old school church and you want to be there for three, four, three and a half hours. These people will not stay for more. They're really not staying for more than 90 minutes, but they're definitely not doing more than two hours. Right. Right. Um, and that, that's just what it is. And and everybody now wants to have more than one service. It's so rare to see a church with like one service now. It's like it, they. I yeah, don't yeah. I don't have a problem with having more than one service. But I also feel like you lose something in in doing that and being so rigid with your structure, right? Like, okay, you, you you're giving me, you're basically telling me that I got 15 minutes to to like feel like you know I'm ready to receive the message and you know through song or whatever the you know, everything that precedes the, um, the actual message. Then you got a half an hour to receive the message and feel like I actually understood it, digested it, and, uh-huh. you know, have had some sort of, and not, not that every message even does this, but, you know, there are some messages that take time for you to really digest what is being, you know, teach, taught at, in that moment. You know, not everything can be like cookie cutter, 30 minute segments that we're not talking about, you know, ABCs here, you know, we're talking about people's lives and, and their spirituality, how they go, how they go out and, and, 
and walk in the world, how they actually um, interact with people in the world. That's something that takes right. time. Um, right. You know, imagine someone, you know, I always imagine like someone is in the crowd and they're having a difficult time at home. And, you know, you as a preacher, you're, all you're thinking about is I need to hurry this up so I can get on to the next service. Yeah. Are you supposed to help people? Gonna, yeah, you're not because you're getting on to the next one. Right. You haven't even taken time yeah. to, to deal with this person and you already at, you know, oh, well, we have the 12 p.m. service coming in. So, oh, well. Yeah. And it's interesting. Like, I know I was I just thought about this. It's interesting how I was like, oh, that's a new thing. It's actually not. A lot of these old Episcopal churches were doing that forever, actually. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like these loop- like they would have like an eight, 10 and 12. Like these churches have actually been doing that. And yeah. churches, those services would be like an hour and 15, break out, get ready for the next. It's like, it's like a formula almost. Mm-hmm. I think I was just, I was a little jaded because we grew up Kojic. And it's like, it was only one service and y'all are getting yeah. everything. Yeah. Y'all are getting everything in this one service. Right. Profit, right. whatever. I'm ministering to you. I'm If I see you crying, I'm, I'm going to talk to you in front of everybody. Greetings from different people. You know, you're getting all those things. Right. You know, now some of that think stuff the, you could definitely do away with, right? Like you don't need to have yeah, yeah. like our church. If we had three visitors and they all just happen to be from North Carolina. They're all talking. <laughs> Every single one. I mean, and they will take talk as long as they want to. Mm-hmm. And that's that. So, and we already had a pretty long service. I didn't realize how much the choir sang yeah our, yeah yeah, it was pretty long yeah, so, yeah and then with praise and worship too i mean you know but like it, it's one day a week what, what you gonna say right so, right it's one day a week it just was what it was so i'm not complaining i'm at you know abby now them services are like an hour and 15 i'm like dang like I can at least do two hours. What are you doing know. in in an hour and fifteen in an hour and fifteen minutes? That's like the finale of like of any given TV show, like the series yeah, yeah. finale of any given TV show. Yeah. And that. So, so what are you saying? Like, you saying that's too short for a service? Yeah, like you're. I agree. That's, that's I way agree. Too short. It's. A, I agree. For I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like. For the series to even get to an hour and 15, like you have to have build up to that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you've had, you, you can't build up. There's, there's, there is no build up in an hour and 15 minutes though. Uh, you know, like you can't, you can't sing to people, get them to feel comfortable with, you know, what God has to say to them understand what some people's plights are you know like feeling what's happening in in the service like you just don't you don't have time for all that yeah so i i, I listen i agree but let's let's move on because we, we can go here all day yeah i don't even know how long we've been actually been on this topic that was funny it's actually we've been on here for like 90 minutes already oh really <laughs> vibe and actually it's, like, it's kind of funny oh that's funny uh i know you said you had a um you oh, had a surprise oh, topic. Yes. oh my oh i lost it on facebook so basically i saw cruella 
Oh, um, what'd you think? Last, actually, a week ago today. It was cool. I mean, I wasn't... People, I think, gassed it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool. Um, great acting. I thought the acting was great. You know, I'm a stickler for that. It was a good prequel to what we know as 101 Dalmatians. Um, oh, good. Somebody, somebody was just saying on Facebook, they put... So I'm, I'm in this group on Facebook called The Unfit congregation it's basically like people who grew up christian mm-hmm. who just call out all the bullshit of like christianity mm-hmm. so somebody was saying how oh this movie's mad demonic this and that so i thought it was pretty funny somebody said in the comments like oh wait till she reads the old testament <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yo i gotta talk about this it's just so funny how we will literally dump on anything that's not, we don't think it's of God. And oh it's like, yo, yeah. have y'all people, have y'all read this stuff that we swear by? It, it's just interesting. Yeah. But, you know, I, yeah, I mean, that's we, wild. Yeah. Like conservative Christians will literally dump on anything that's not the Bible. And it's like some of that stuff in the Bible be kind of wild. I just don't understand. Like, how do you get that? It's like the same people were like, um, I, th- I forget which Disney uh, Disney movie it is, but in the background, there's like a picture of like, I don't know, it's like the Moulin Rouge or something or like someone, people are like having sex in, in the background or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, they're trying to subliminally message to our children that they should be having sex. And I was just like, nope. That's that's no, that's, no. <laughs> like not at all. What what is happening there? Like this 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 movie was made in a different time, and it's and even the movie itself, I think, was set in a different time. So they're trying to give you like an understanding of what things look like. We used to not be so sensitive about what happened, what what children like were watching and seeing. Uh-huh. Like, there was a time, I mean, granted, this was absolutely wrong, and you had to put in child labor laws, but, like, kids were working in factories, like, doing grown man stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. So, like, how we've gotten so sensitive about a lot of things is is crazy to me. Um, but to your point about, like, yeah, I think I think a lot of conservative Christians are always kind of looking for signs that one, the world is coming to the end, uh-huh. and two, that because they they have chosen to seclude themselves from like the rest of the world from uh, from worldly things, that these are signs that they can point to say like, oh. I'm doing the right thing and you guys are all wrong. Uh uh And I just don't think that's how God works. No, no, it's not actually. I think they feel like they've achieved a level of piety Mm. that, you know, they're above other people because they've, you know, set themselves apart. And it's just like, even if that's the case, Jesus ate with sinners. Uh, You know, it's so funny. I used to hear like, What I'm saying right now, I used to get pissed when people would say that. I'm like, oh, you're so cheesy. But no, that's true. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's like, I think people are just conflicted. It's like, okay, do we eat with the sinners or like, 
do we because then it says be in this world but not of but not be of not, the world mm-hmm. yeah and it's like i think people take that and be like yeah i'm not talking to y'all niggas yeah <laughs> like i'm here like I'm, like I'm here with y'all but i don't deal and i know i this is a fact actually i know people take that scripture and are just like yeah so i, I don't have to like live here with y'all Obviously, they don't talk this way, but like this is the mm-hmm. nonsense. I have to live here with y'all, but yeah, no, I don't deal. Which, like, it, it, that's so wild to me, because, like, how are you supposed to be an effective Christian, right, and you can't even relate to people? Yeah. Well, people, people treat Christianity like a club. I always say people, nothing really sets people off more than, like, feeling superior to other, someone else. Right. It's like, I in some way feel superior to you, I'm winning. And unfortunately, Christianity in America is that thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the level, you know, good. No, no, I was going to say a lot. Oh, another part of it is just like, I don't want to call it being socially awkward, but definitely a lot of people just, a lot of those people who are, conservative christians like that where they think everything is obscene they're also just like socially inept that too or they are repressing something that they really want to do true yeah that's it that's that's the other thing like like completely would they want to dive into it but either hate that part of themselves yeah i mean they hate that part of themselves that's it yeah it's yeah it's quite unbecoming um, yeah. and not Christ-like at all, yeah, which is what absolutely. it means to be a Christian. Yeah. And I like, I told a friend today, I was like, you'd be surprised with some of those people that we look up to in the Bible. You'd be surprised what they were doing and what, and what and actually what their mentality was on these topics Right. that we swear that they said certain things we don't even know like things have just been changed and changed and changed we don't know what these actual individual people actually thought yeah i mean i think probably the one of the bigger i guess examples of that is you know the whole story of sodom and gomorrah cuz oh yeah like people knew these cities existed god knew that these cities existed and like you know, the only reason why God destroyed it is because they were going to attack a Lot's family. <laughs> like, yeah, it actually had nothing to do with them, like being gay or like having, uh, or being f- open to uh, same sex interaction, same sex sex itself. You know, like yeah. I don't think that wasn't really the catalyst for for why God destroyed the city. You know, they destroyed it because they were going to actually do harm to the family. Um, Right, right. And so, you know, it's it's just wild how that story in itself has taken on its own set of legs. And now it's like, that is the the linchpin behind a lot of why, a lot of reasonings why certain Christian sects will demonize the LGBTQ community, you Absolutely. know, and, and I think I personally just think it's a, a misreading of that situation. Um, Absolutely, and there's no context for the type of world that they were living in. I'm sure there were many societies 
that were engaging in that, that had different ideas about um, same-sex relationships and, and things like that before Christianity or even Judaism in that case, since it's older, uh, came to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just so it's it's interesting how people um, are just fed a certain interpretation of a story for like years and years and mm-hmm. years, and it just becomes law to some people, and they they won't even do the own their own research and try right. to figure out does that actually make sense. And you know, it's interesting. Like you know, okay, so let's just say that was. Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's say they were gay cities, whatever. You know how many gay cities they've been since they have been since then. And it's right. just like how it's like how come that's not happening now? It, it's just wild. I mean, people just make their own things up. I don't know. It, it's one day we have to really dive into the interpretations of the Bible mm-hmm. on Christians. I won't even just say black Christians. I'll just say christians in general because it's really just a broad topic and you know people just really need to get a clear understanding on what is true right. and what it just i don't want to say fake but just misinterpretation i also want to know where did uh where did monogamy come from <laughs> okay because i just don't understand how there are many people in the bible who got away with <laughs> non-monogamy and we hold them up in high esteem right right like high oh man that's it's rich it's 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 so horrible because like we okay this person was married to yo we don't know what these people were doing nope we literally we have like one lane of a story that somebody who probably couldn't even read was telling somebody. Oh my God. Not that he couldn't read. Come on now. Like everybody, it wasn't like now you, everybody learns to read. It's like, yo, these people weren't out here like learned. Right. Right. Just a bunch of oral tradition, this and that. We don't know what Abraham was really doing. He could have been, let me not, because you know me. I'll, I'll, get, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll turn left in a second. We don't know what these people were doing. We don't know. You tell me one of these disciples didn't go to a whorehouse? Here's the thing. I I mean, even though I know the stories that Abraham was married to Sarah, clearly she didn't have an issue with him actually having sex with other women because otherwise she wouldn't have ordered him to have right. sex with his, with his handmaid, his servant. How you order... How you order? So I wouldn't even call it that because it was definitely coercion. Um, <laughs> it was. It was. It was. It wasn't like my man's already had a previous relationship with her. It was like, or at least as the story goes, it wasn't like he was all Mac daddied out with it. You know, yeah. nah, like, yo, I'm gonna fly you out. <laughs> I'm gonna send a cam. I'm gonna send a camel your way. <laughs> yeah, to Canaan. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. I mean. And it's just so it's so amazing how the the story flipped. Like, okay, now you, you can't do that. You just marry one, and but I don't stay. even know where where did that come from. I, I don't know. And you see, I, it's not successful for many people. No, it's not. I mean, it's, it can like, be. It can it, be. No, I think. no, we've seen it. yeah, we've seen it. But a lot of people, I think, even a successful marriage, I think people are 
fighting hard. It's not like, okay, I want my, my spouse be good for 50 years. Like, these people have fought to, if they have stayed faithful, they have fought the good fight. It ain't like, oh, you know, people, you will be attracted to other people in your relationship. Right. I think, a lot of people, yeah. No, I was gonna say real quick. A lot of people don't have the control to um, not act on it. Some people do. It's still a fight because you're fighting. You're like, okay, no, nah, I'm not gonna do that. But it's never just like this Disney shit. Like, oh, we get married. It's, it's all good. Like, it's just you and me forever. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. It could be you and you forever. But you're gonna fight because it, it's just. I don't know. It's just how it is. I mean, here's, but here's the, the flip side. The flip side to that too is just because you are in a polygamous relationship does not mean you are happy. You can have, you can now have a, a 30, 30 headaches on your head, you know, like right, true, true, true. It, it's not necessarily that what I'm saying, at least what I'm arguing, is not necessarily that polygamy is like the cure all for how to be like a, to have a happy life or a happy marriage or you know healthy relationships with, uh, well, with whoever you're in love with. Um, as much as it is, I'm just curious as to like when did that framework become a thing, and was it was it more like society influencing christianity or the religious side of of it or was it religion influencing society it's interesting because i know that religion and society or like the church and state as they call it they were once one Mm -hmm. and i know in america they kind of said you know the separation of church and state blah, blah, blah 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 even though in america religious values are still pushed on people Mm-hmm. But I know, especially in Europe, when Christianity really became a power, a superpower, actually, um, a lot of religious ideals were forced into society. Yeah. So somehow, I mean, obviously it would take some studying, but somehow the idea of, and I mean, there's just, there's stories like Adam and Eve or Joseph and Mary or. Yeah, yeah. This, like it's, paint, it's painting this very ideal picture of a family. And somehow just came across like, no, you don't have sex outside of marriage, even though everybody right. was doing it. But that's just that that just became the ideal um, situation. So that that would obviously take some research, right? But, I guess know. I guess in that sense, yeah, there are not there are not as many examples in the Bible of polygamous relationships as there are. Right monogamous relationships you know exactly exactly you know like so, pilot and pilot and his wife mm-hmm. you know just like you always see like a married couple you only see, po- polygamy you only see like solomon and his his biddies right <laughs> like <laughs> my man's had the like, appetite <laughs> like yo and it's like you people still trying to make sense of that like what was that mm-hmm. yeah yeah like, yeah letting, letting that slide they never talk you know that is the one i feel like we never really hear about Solomon in churches. Right. Like we talk about every other prophet and king, but Solomon, I I can't I can't really think of like any 
Bible verses or any particular message that has centered around his story? Other than like when he was going to cut, cut the kid in half. Right. Which wild. <laughs> like, like, yo, this is what we talking about these days. Like it was, oh, is that going to work? He was going to give like, one half yo, to the mother. <laughs> like what the fuck is this? Oh God. Yo, that story is crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yo, I guess it was going to make the, the fake mother not the, I don't know what it was, yo. It was just like, this is so dumb. Right, like that's what that is. That is a, an example of a Bible story where I'm just like, did that really happen? Because like, and you know what? It didn't. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna say it on this podcast. It didn't happen. So many actually Bible stories didn't happen. <gasps> My man said, "Yo, I'm gonna here's I'm, here's here's what it is." Because I'm tired of hearing you two argue. I'm gonna yeah. cut the baby in half. And both of yep. you can take half of them with you. How about that? And we and we reverencing this dude. And one of <laughs> and, and one of the women was just like, okay. <laughs> yep. like, yo, yo, like we reverencing this at the son of David. Like, <laughs> yes. This is crazy. Yo, when I when I was a kid though, I remember being like, was he gonna cut it horizontally or vertically though? Same, same. <laughs> yo, I remember being like, so was it down the middle or like at it at the stomach <laughs> and oh, i was trying to see how that made any sense like is, some, is this shit gonna get the leg and then it was like stupid like the lady crawled so the precursor to that was like the lady slept on her baby or something like she oh killed it my by god that's how that's how it, that's how it happened because she killed hers by sleeping over it or something it's like yo come on just kill me now which is the source material to the advice that people should not be sleeping with their newborns in the same bed. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it sounds <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if there's any silver lining, <laughs> let that be a lesson. Never let that be a lesson. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. We've oh, yeah, been wait, wait, on here for a minute. No, we have. This is actually, well, I just want to say before we do whatever we're going to do, I just want to say we really don't know these characters. <laughs> we, we, I, 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 while we were talking, I was thinking about Moses and he got married to um, Zipporah or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, we, and we don't really know the age he got married to her. Yes, and these people are people the same way we are. Mm-hmm. Are they not? Like, were they not? Yeah, they I are. Think, they I think, were. I think, yeah, I think sometimes we just deify them as people in the Bible, and I think that's great. But they were people just like we are, and you just can't tell me there was not a period of carrying on, right? With whomever, yeah. They're, they're... And I mean, not not just Moses, like everybody, mm. especially after you free. Come on, yo! After after you done been in the desert for. For was it forty years? Yeah. Oh, oh well, the Israelites were forty years. The yeah. Israelites, yeah. Moses didn't, yeah, even, like, make it, he didn't even make it to the promised land. Yo, he he was over there stroking. <laughs> he was like, you know what? I'm alone. Nah, Zipporah like, stayed with him. I don't think she. I mean, she, I don't think she. Left. Oh, you know what? Actually, in the Ten Commandments, she didn't stay with him. He stayed there by himself. But that's a movie. 
I'll have to look up. I'll have to look that up. Well, he didn't stay in the mountain. He didn't stay in Mount Sinai for forty years. That was that was like a what ten days or something that he was up there. No, no, no. no. What I'm saying is no. Well, okay. I'm giving you the movie right now. The movie like they left Mount Sinai. They were going to the Promised Land. Right. And he went up. He didn't go to Mount Sinai, but he was kind of on this little rock by himself. He left the rest of them and went up to die. I mean, that's obviously very dramatic. Right. I would honestly have to read about because I don't really know or care. But <laughs> to know what not that really, I don't know or care. I'm, oh God, I'm really <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just I, okay. I, I'm not informed as to how he died. I know the the kids went over to the promised land, and he did not. That's all right. I know. Right. Wh- whomever stayed with him or left him, that's really something to be learned at this time. And yeah, yeah I'm I read Exodus. That. I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this has been an interesting episode because we didn't actually talk about any of the topics that we were supposed to talk about, really. Um, <laughs> just one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the one that you your surprise one which i appreciate surprise topic <laughs> <laughs> which i appreciated um let's quickly do our saint and center of the week um so our saint of the week is going to go to megan markle and prince harry's newborn baby girl i think her name is Lilibeth Diana something or other. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like little bit Diana. Little bit little no. bit Diana. <laughs> there you go. That's how all the black people are gonna call her for that one. Little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um it, it, I, I thought it was interesting, you know, considering everything that happened, it's kind of like why are y'all going so hard? Of course, everybody was like, oh, you didn't name her after your mother, being Meghan Markle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lilibet is like a nickname of the queen. It's not even like a name. So I just was kind of confused as to why that was done. If anything, I would have done like Diana Elizabeth or Elizabeth Diana, if you wanted to do that. Talk about disrespect. But, yeah, just like, I'm going to call her your nickname. Right. Um, well, you know, it's, I didn't, you know, American media at this point, because of all this drama, is obsessed with this family. It's kind of annoying, honestly. It's actually, every time I go on Facebook, it's like, y'all are giving me so much about this. But it's, it's too much. It's too much. I don't need to know their every single move. And like now they're working yeah. in like, you know, Harry's got his own show. They're supposed to be working it with Netflix. And it's just like, I'm on like an overload of the royal family. I don't, I, it's too much for me. Yeah, I, I agree. So it's like, it's, it's like stupid stuff. Like, oh, the queen is delighted at their, at the birth of the child. It's like, and it's like a whole article is, I, I just didn't realize how much we were into them, but you know, like th- these, these news outlets, yo, they're going to do anything. And you know why? Because they're getting thousands and thousands of comments. Of course, getting they're getting thousands. They're getting the interaction. Yeah, and people are all of it. it. Yeah, and that's what keeps it going. It's like y'all are interested. We're gonna because you know what? If people weren't interested, they wouldn't do it. True, but yes, 
congrats to them. Um, I hope they have a third, to be quite honest. You know, I'm, I'm kind of happy for them, to be <laughs> quite honest. I am. That's good. I'm, I'm, look, I'm happy for anyone who decides to have a child and the baby comes in healthy and everything. Um, so good for them. Uh, quickly, our centers of the week, we're going to give it to the NFL. Um, we saw a report earlier this week that said that the, the NFL was going to stop its policy of saying that Black players were just cognitively less intelligent than their white counterparts. It is 2021. Yep. So essentially the story behind it is not so much that they were saying that their current players were cognitively less intelligent, although the fact that it still existed in some respects essentially is applied to all players. They were saying the, the context is that there were retired players who were having challenges with their cognitive reasoning um, due to obviously a lot of head injuries and things of that nature. And the NFL had basically tried to uh, deny them money or any sort of uh, deny any sort of like responsibility towards these players for any sort of mental health care or any physical care, et cetera, because they said, well, black people were essentially not as smart to begin with. So this isn't, their cognitive issues are not about head injuries or anything like that. It actually has more to do with just their intelligence. Yeah, like just being left, man. Yeah, it's interesting. I think we talked about last week with Naomi and all that. You know, I think when you enter these arenas, whether it's sports, music, acting, um, I guess guess those are the main three. Mm -hmm. These people, see you as a product they don't even see you as a person they actually don't give a fuck (laughs) so whenever there's any discussion of anything actually human about you they don't care because you're just money to them you you become a brand you become a money maker and these players, whether it be football, tennis, bas- definitely basketball, these music, these artists, they mm. don't care. And it's just so interesting. Like, y'all are literally going to, because of something that could actually be a, a, a defect, not because they're Black, but just because of the injury sustained from making money for you people. Right. They're not even going to give you the help that you need. And they don't care. And I'll read, I'll read the blurb just so in, in the future, in case anyone wants to come after us, it was not us who were saying these things. This is, oh, uh, no, no. this is a, another publication that we found. This is on Baller Alert. Uh, it says, in a $1 billion settlement of brain injury claims, the NFL vowed on Wednesday to stop using race norming, which presumed Black players started with inferior cognitive function and to evaluate historical results for any potential race prejudice. 
It was more difficult for Black retirees to show a deficit and qualify for an award due to this approach. The guidelines were developed in the 1990s to provide better care for dementia patients, but some criticized how they were applied to compensation in the NFL con concussion case. Last month, a group of NFL families dropped 50,000 petitions at the federal courthouse in Philadelphia, where the lawsuit had been thrown out by the judge overseeing the settlement after medical experts raised concerns, and a pair of Black players filed a civil rights lawsuit over the practice. Wow. <sighs> Honestly, wow. it has been very difficult for me to watch football in recent years, a lot of it pertaining to just how things went with Colin Kaepernick. But even on top of that, it was already starting to get difficult because of the number of injuries and the, uh, the, the severity of the injuries that you see happening to star players. And yeah. it just makes the game not as fun when the people that you want to watch are not even able to play, you know? Um, but also on top of that, it's like, when you know things like this are going on, it's kind of like, I don't even want to support people playing this game because this is the treatment that I know that I'm feeding into, mm -hmm. you know? And, and this is, I mean, I, I hesitate to say kudos to the NFL for stopping a racist policy, but I'm also just like, why did it take you guys? It's been 31 years. This thing started in the 1990s. Yeah, yeah. So like, absolutely. you know, it, it, that's a, that was just, a, that was a little disheartening to, to see because so many of, so many people's children have dreams of playing in the NFL, right? Like some people truly believe that their only way out of, you know, certain desperate situations that they're in is for them yeah. to become athletes and to become professional athletes. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to like know, getting out of the situations. Right. And it's just like, you know, while I, I think, anyone is fortunate to be able to become a professional athlete on any level, you know, for any sport, it shouldn't have to be this hard on, on your body. Like it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to pay this type of price at the end of your career. You know um, I think football is, I, I don't know of many other sports where, people are literally losing their cognitive functions because they've been hit so many times or they can't even like move their bodies because, yeah. you know, they've been tackled by 300 pound men or you're a 300 pound man and you've been running as if you are a, a 150 pound guy. You know what I mean? Like that, there's there certain extremes that your body just, was not made out to support yeah especially over and over yeah with the with the amount and of consistency like yeah yeah and, and let's, let's not forget practice right you gotta practice you gotta go through yeah. all different levels 
to get to even make it to the to the NFL, you have to have played in middle school, played played in Pee Wee, played in middle school, played in high school, played in college, and then you get to the NFL, right? And so, you know, that's a lot of wear and tear on the body. And you know, I was I was talking to some friends about this like the other day. You know, I, I'm thinking about like Coco Golf. She's what she was like 16 when she started playing when she went pro, right? Yeah, so she's yeah. got a, she's got a way longer timeline, you know, for for success in her sport, and her sport is probably not going to have as much wear and tear on her body as as the NFL. Same thing with Tiger Woods. He was like a teenager when he first when he went pro. Right. Mm. And he's still playing to this day, not at the same level, obviously, but, you know, the soccer players, some of these soccer players are turning pro at 16 years old and going over to Europe and playing with the best of the best. And they yeah. have these really prolonged careers. These guys yeah. get into the NFL and depending on the position that you play or your luck of the draw when it comes to injuries, these guys aren't making it past six years. Nah, by 30, you're kind of finished. Yeah, for a lot of these positions. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, to see to see this type of report that they're just now stopping this kind of racist policy. I shouldn't say kind of, it is a racist policy. You know, it's a, right. it's a little sad. It's sad. Yeah. But um, listen, like I said, I mean, obviously people look at black people as, you know, like the, these um, these team managers or team owners, I should say, um, they look at black people as commodities, like, mm -hmm. oh, let's just get them out of high school, whatever, we'll, we'll, you know, make money off of them, you know, obviously wave money in front of the player, but there are people making more money than them. It's so interesting. Yep. yep. And, you know, like I said, people just look at certain people as a commodity, as a as an item, mm -hmm. and they really don't they don't care what you're going through. They don't care if you get hurt. There's another nigga waiting. Right. I can go to any, I can go to any high school and pick up another. Yep. <laughs> and yes. that's just how it is. That's how life works. It's a cycle. And you know, every year there's a graduating class coming up. Mm -hmm. I want to go to the pros. I want to go. And like, you know, if you get if you get hurt out there, these people will replace you. And that's the other thing I, that I guess I, I failed to mention in me comparing these players to, you know, the Coco Goffs of the world, Josie, I think Josie Altador or whoever. There, there's so many who play like, you know, Tiger Woods who have started their careers professionally, you know, when they were still in their teens. I mean, you can look at LeBron and Kobe and Kevin Garnett as well with the NBA before they implemented their one and their their like at least one year of college rule these football players it's it is unheard of where someone hasn't completed i would say at least a minimum of 2 years in college you know and then gone to the pros it's very rare so like but you know the way that they play in college they're playing basically like a pro schedule. 
they're mm-hmm. so they're expected to be at practices. They're expected to play these games week in and week out. You know, all play through holidays, and they don't get paid for any of it. Oh wow! Yet Coco Golf is out here. She's still in high school, and she's getting paid more than these college kids. Yeah, and you know, and it's not a knock on Coco like just a lot of these other sports don't have this like regimented hierarchy of like what you're supposed to do before you get paid right like Mm. I have a kid and they and they want to play a sport if they want to play football so be it but I'm definitely telling them like is your I, I definitely want to know it is it just your goal that you just want to play football because you think it's fun or is this something that you're trying to make a career out of because you want to be a professional athlete? Because if you want to be a professional athlete, I can think of three or four other sports that are probably going to pay you more that you're going to have less risk of injury and you'll probably have, and you'll probably have like, you'll just have more longevity because there are just more opportunities for you to make it as a pro on your own. Uh uh And football is just, I, I have a hard time trying to make that argument for, for someone to do that as a profession in their life. Unless you, unless you want to be the kicker. (laughs) the the kicker can if you're if you're really good and i mean really good you can have a long career you can get paid you can and you can leave injury free and not have to feel the aches and pains of of some of these linemen and running backs and all these other positions because i'll say even a quarterback can dodge some stuff but them defense lines and offense lines Mm -hmm. that's just straight up collision yeah every play every play yeah i mean they y'all are going yeah they they've gotten a lot friendlier to the quarterbacks nowadays but before like in the i would say in the 90s oh my gosh they would go straight for the nigga there i mean i think about i think about like alex smith he recently retired this past year He's he's a white guy but Alex Smith, he almost lost his leg. Mm. He got tackled and it broke. And I guess the bone marrow must have leaked into his blood. And that shit, it becomes poisonous, essentially. It becomes like gangrene or whatever it is. And it infected his leg. They almost had to amputate his leg. They, I think they said like the antibiotics or whatever medicine it was that they were giving him, if it didn't take hold, they were going to have to take his leg off. Yeah. Taking and I'm your sure his leg? leg? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> there are just so many better options. There are just so many better options in life than having to risk your leg to play this game. Yeah. So, but, uh, I don't know if you had anything I, to add. I'm good. We, we we had a good combo tonight. Yes, we did. We really hope that you guys enjoyed talking to us. Well, listening to us talk. Um, 
And I hope a lot of you are shaking your heads and saying, wow, they're really right. They're so smart and so insightful. You know what I wish? I wish I had someone else to talk to about this podcast with, you know, or talk with yeah. about this podcast. Um, and you know what? You can do that. You can do that by following us on social media. Follow us on Instagram at Of Saints and Sinners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Of Saints Center Pod. Uh, follow EJ at Lord and Tailored uh, and follow myself, Deacon Dev at King underscore of underscore D underscore Hill. God bless you all. We love you. Um, have a good week and we'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace.